I dropped out of college against uh, everyone's advice and I uh, got involved in network marketing for three years. I would say that was really my gateway into sales, communication, entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally. I think it, it comes down to the underlining belief that you have to realize that everything is sales. You may not necessarily, if you're listening to this, be in the profession of selling, but at some form through your everyday life, you have to get good at sales. All sales is, is a transaction of energy and emotion. That's not the reason they're not winning at life. The reason is because they're not willing to put themselves in a vulnerable, scary, unknown situation long enough to see what they're made of and have those breakthroughs in order to accomplish the thing that they're wanting to. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help you crush your self-limiting beliefs and embrace being unapologetically you. The Born Unbreakable podcast brings you inspirational stories from all over the world that will empower you to unlock your unbreakable spirit. I'd love to partner with you on your next breakthrough. Go to bornunbreakable.com to schedule a free transformational call. Action begins today. Are you looking for a one-stop shop in Las Vegas where you can comfortably stay and host an event? Athena Estate is located in Southwest Las Vegas, just 10 minutes from the Strip and offers everything you need. On over an acre of land, this indoor-outdoor venue is perfect for an intimate retreat, a small wedding, or a milestone birthday. We offer a variety of packages and services that will fit your needs and your budget. Book with us by December 26th and receive 20% off your stay or event. Visit staydorado.com, that's S-T-A-Y-D-O-R-A-D-O.com to learn more. We look forward to customizing your next experience. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I have a special guest today, Steve Cohen, and he knows a lot of things. Uh, we are going to talk about business and leadership, sales, a little bit of solar. So a few different things. You know, Steve's got a lot of background in all of those areas I just mentioned. He's done solar for the last seven years. I have to, I happen to be a recipient, I guess you could say, <laughs> of solar on all the properties that um, I've purchased in recent years. So I have done both leasing options and loan options, as well as uh, just buying cash, you know, a system um, to avoid having any bill except for, you know, a small one that I have to pay to the energy company where I live here in Las Vegas. So I think it would be great to demystify a little bit for anybody who is out there still questioning if solar is a good idea or if it's a scam or all the things that people could be hearing. Um, so yeah, there's a few different directions that we'll go today, but I'm just excited to have you here with your expertise and your knowledge, Steve. So thanks for joining me. Grateful to be on the show, Des. I'm glad we got to make it work. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And we're both uh, here in the beautiful Las Vegas as we're approaching next month's spring, which will be a fun time here. It always gets busier with March Madness and getting, you know, the spring breakers and all the the fun things coming into our town. So 
it's an exciting place to be, but it's also an exciting place for business. So I'd love to start, Steve, with your journey. So before you got to these recent years of doing what you do today, what has been your you know, business journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in entrepreneurship for about 10 years. I started pretty young, got involved around 21 years old, 22 years old. Uh, similar to you, I'm a native out here in Las Vegas. I went to UNLV for a, a long year and a half when I quickly realized that college wasn't something that I was super passionate about. I was always told, I don't know about you, Des, that college was supposed to be the best four years of my life. And when I first got into it, I joined a fraternity, did the whole Greek life, because I really bought into that concept that, man, if these are the best four years of your life, I, I better really go all out. And then as I got a little bit older and got exposed to that, I quickly realized that that's a pretty bad myth. You know, how are four years of your life supposed to be the best years of your life? You should make the rest of your life the best of your life. So I quickly realized that the college route wasn't for me. I was going to school for business. Nothing against anyone that has a business degree from UNLV, but I didn't really feel like it was worth my time to listen to, you know, bless his heart, a business professor making 60, 70, $80,000 a year trying to teach me how to make a business or rather go in the real world, you know, fail and, and learn how to actually do it. So I dropped out of college against uh, everyone's advice and I uh, got involved in network marketing for three years. I would say that was really my gateway into sales, communication, entrepreneurship, uh, a performance-based industry where I'm really able to go earn what I feel like I'm worth and not be dictated by, you know, a nine to five where someone else is telling my worth. Did that for about three years. Didn't make much money, uh, to be honest, but I learned a lot about communication um, how important your attitude is, your mindset, uh, public speaking, a lot of skills that I didn't ever learn in the public um, educational system. And then after that, I transitioned over to the solar industry, direct sales door to door back in 2015. Had no sales experience other than that three years of digital marketing, but I always knew that sales was something I wanted to get into, especially because of all the growth that I went through in that three year period of being in um, that industry. So started with no experience, had like $400 in my bank account, just a bunch of ambition, just not really a vehicle to take me there. And uh, that decision turned into an eight year, going on eight year career, eight year in June. Um, started with a company out here in Las Vegas. The market quickly crashed in Nevada after that. So you may have remembered that. So, you know, after three, four months of me actually starting to make some good money and finding something I'm actually passionate about with solar and door to door and direct sales, the market went down. So I went on a journey to uh, California for a couple of years, Colorado for about a year, and then made my way back into Vegas uh, in 2018 when the market reopened. During that time, I was running uh, the largest sales region in the country for our, our previous organization. It was about 200 people up and down California and Nevada. And then about three years ago, myself and some colleagues, a bunch of my partners all decided to depart from that company and launch our own solar sales company. It's called Sunder Energy. So we've been around for about three and a half years, started in five states with 50 people, and we've been able to scale to about 1,400 people in 30 states in the last 30 years. And it's really just focused on helping uh, professional salespeople, specifically door-to-door, 100% -door, commission, become better leaders, become better salespeople, teach them how to invest, and really just maximize this amazing opportunity we have with solar. And uh, yeah, now we're now we're here and just trying to get it, take advantage of uh, 2023 and get after it. That's amazing. 
I, I, I want to give you so much props because there's people listening right now that had that experience like you that said college isn't for me. I really want to get out there and be hands-on. And you have exemplified what can happen when you have that determination. So I just, I think, I think that's awesome because you just went feet first and got right into something that you didn't know too much about at the time. But I want to come back to your comment around sales, because that I think no matter what industry you're in, when you're having to jump into that without much experience, it can feel very scary, especially if you're walking up to a door and then it slams in your face because people don't want what you have to give them. Um, and that may be pleasant or maybe in some cases not pleasant. <laughs> so most with, of the time not pleasant. Yeah. So well having and and you see and you actually get to see it firsthand. There's people who do it over the phone so they don't actually have to see the person's face and have, you know, more of the experience of the door-to-door -door, like you mentioned. So that already puts you on a on a scale of bravery that might be above above the average person, but um what would you say to someone from a sales perspective if they're if they're still in a place where they're wanting to improve that skill because they know it's going to get them farther in the in the business that they're in. What advice would you give to a, a new person just embarking on the sales space? Yeah, totally. I think it, it comes down to the underlining belief that you have to realize that everything is sales. You may not necessarily, if you're listening to this, be in the profession of selling, but at some form through your everyday life, you have to get good at sales. All sales is, is a transaction of energy and emotion. It doesn't matter if you're a parent and you're trying to sell your kids on why they should eat their vegetables and be great, you know, grownups growing up. It doesn't matter if you're a boyfriend, husband, girlfriend, trying to sell your significant other on why they should stay with you and not break up with you. Everything we do on a daily basis, we're dealing with people on this planet with 7 billion of us. So our ability on how to navigate those conversations and influence people and help essentially get people to do what you feel like should be done in order to support you in your life is going to be very, very crucial. So I think a lot of people have a misconception, like oh, I'm not a salesperson. I heard that a lot. I didn't think I was a salesperson. Um, when in reality, everything we do, there's some type of communication there. So your ability to get really good at this skill set of sales will ultimately help your business success, your personal success, really anything that you do. But I'd say for those people dabbling or, or just starting to get um, going is a lot of people don't like the concept of sales is because, uh, you know, in terms of like job security, that's something I hear a lot, like especially what I do, we're 100 percent sales commission, um, which I think is the rawest form of sales. When in reality, a lot of people think that their job or the government or the system, they can rely on that for job security. But especially what we've seen in the last couple of years, especially recently, that's not actually true you're actually in a better position in terms of safety, financial security for you and your family to be in some type of performance-based industry. Because for me, at least, I'd rather bet on myself than trust the government, trust my employer who may or may not keep me around based on how his own business is doing in order to go out there and create that future for myself and my family. So for me, I think sales is an empowering industry for anyone because it's very black and white. Um, you either are creating the lifestyle you want or you're not. And the only person that you have to blame for that or congratulate is yourself. And it's a very empowering feeling. 
versus a lot of people going through victim mentalities, blaming their boss or blaming social security or blaming the healthcare system or who's in office or who the president is for their lack of financial success, where when you're in sales, you really have to take full ownership, whether at least if you want to be good at it and realize that, hey, if this is meant to be, it's up to me. And it's a very empowering feeling when you start shifting your mindset to believe that. Yeah, it is huge. The the word that comes to mind as I'm hearing you talk is accountability. No, I think when you take accountability for the things that you want in your life, the energy, as you mentioned, and the emotions are going to be emanated because that's you you get back what you put out in 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 this world, right? No matter what if you're doing solar or you're 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 selling some, something else in a retail store, um, but I, I love the way that you frame it because I, in some ways I do think we may overcomplicate the concept of sales. And I do think that there's some stigmas just based on movies and society and at large that make it. Use car salesman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like a sleazy thing. Oh, you have to convince convince a person to, to buy this thing or product or this service. So I, yeah, I, I'm really glad you, you mentioned that because you're right. All of our, all of our interactions really are convincing, you know, somebody of something, whether there's money attached to it or not. So I do want to talk about solar because I do think that there's um, a lot to be learned, you know, whether, whether you're a person who's like, oh, I kind of get solar. I, you know, purchased at one time or You've got someone in your family that did that. So the, the biggest thing I think people hear from a general perspective is it should save you money. If you if you get solar and you're and you're looking at something long term, like you're going to be in your property for an extended period of time, solar is a better way to go because the the elect, electric bill is going to you know, as, as we've seen through the years, is going to go up and up and up. And, and solar is a way to, you know, have some more stabilization. Um, and of course, you know, if, if we're looking at the really big picture in our economic landscape right now, people would love to find ways that they could save a little bit of money. There's not, you know, the average household in America, at least if you're listening in America, um, uh, is always looking looking for that. <laughs> Where can we, you know, have some cost savings in the family so we can contribute a little more to the things that we want versus like utility bills? Those are not really fun. Um, so maybe just start from the beginning. What what is solar and what are the benefits of why people should consider getting it? Yeah. So I love the solar industry because you really are creating a win-win-win. You're creating a win for the customer by offering savings, which we'll get into. You're creating a win for the planet. Obviously, solar energy, renewable energy is better than fossil fuels and archaic ways of getting it. And you're creating a win for the salesperson because the commissions are extremely high compared to a lot of other sales um, opportunities. So the reason I really got attracted to the solar industry is because I knew that sales is the highest paid profession on the planet. You know, if you're a good salesperson, if you're a good communicator, if you're a good leader, uh, you can sell anything, right? Cars, alarms, you know, there's people out there selling meat door to door, which is kind of crazy, but you keep timeshares, right? There's a lot of things that you can sell. The reason I really love solar and was attracted to the industry is because we're selling a necessity, not necessarily a luxury. And I tell this with homeowners. 
you know, if you go buy a new car, I have a Tesla outside. I love it. But if I didn't have enough money, I'd get rid of it and I'd walk or I'd drive a bike. Um, I like my alarm system. I have a vivid alarm system. It makes me feel safe. But if push came to shove and I was going to squeeze, I'd get rid of it and I'd go buy a gun or I'd get a dog, right? Like all these other products or services, most of them are luxuries. Where right? the beautiful thing about solar, energy is a necessity. Um, the basic necessities that you need to live is obviously food, water, shelter, and electricity is right up there. So rather than giving people an extra expense, an extra bill that they have to focus on, which is valuable, of course, I'm just identifying an expense that they have to pay for. A lot of people in Nevada, their energy bill is their second largest bill they're going to pay after their mortgage and sometimes their car payment. So by just identifying an expense that they're having to spend money on anyway and just giving them a better option. So the whole premise of solar should be necessarily a bill swap. It shouldn't be an extra expense. It shouldn't be having to talk to your spouse thinking, can we afford this? It's simply, hey, I have an energy bill. I'm buying my energy from Nevada Energy. Here specifically in Nevada, uh, there's only one utility company. There's only one way to get your power. Over the country, there's a bunch of different utilities, but let's just focus on Vegas for now. So rather than paying Nevada Energy 200 bucks a month, 220, 230, 240, 250 on a variable bill that goes up in price every single year, especially as of the last two to three months, it's been crazy how much bills have gone up. You're just essentially taking that same money and reallocating it to something that you're going to own. Uh, potentially, if you go that route, that's going to save you money every single month and it's a fixed locked in bill. I would say uh, does the real benefit for solar, at least out here in Vegas, is yes, you're going to see some savings right off the bat. That's great. But it's really that fixed predictability. You know, if I ask most people, hey, when you bought your house, homeowner, did you get a variable mortgage or a fixed mortgage? Most people are going to say a fixed mortgage. Why? Because you want to know what you're paying every single month. And over the long term, it comes out to a better deal. It's the same thing with solar. Everyone that doesn't have solar, you're on a variable power bill with Nevada Energy that increases with inflation every single year. You have no control over it. Where with solar, it's a fixed rate for 15, 20, 25 years, depending on the program, where you know it doesn't matter if it's year one, year 10, year 15, you know exactly what you're paying. So I would say the fixed predictability is the big part. And for me, solar just makes a lot of sense. When I think of the way that, the, that society is heading, Netflix was, you know, we're not we're not going to Blockbuster anymore, right? Netflix took care of that. Uber to taxi cab, um, Airbnb to hotels, Turo to the rental car industry. We've seen time and time again with innovation how these archaic companies are being disrupted by technology and innovation. I just don't think people understand that the same thing is happening with solar energy. The utility grid was built in our grandparents' time. It's old, it's archaic, it's not efficient. If someone drove drunk from the Super Bowl yesterday and ran into a power line, that's money that the utility company has to spend to withhold their business. Guess where that money comes from, right? They're a publicly traded company. It comes from the consumers, where it just doesn't make sense, where you can essentially get that same benefit of just having these pieces of you know, silicone glass on your roof, um, where no one's going to damage it. You know, junk driver's not going to run into it. It saves you more money because you're getting rid of a lot of the fees that you have to pay to get it all the way from the power plant to your house because you're generating it on site. And I think it just makes more sense. So I think it's a big uh, solution to a problem. Obviously, it's better for the environment, but it's getting to the point where I think people are starting to become more aware of it. Back in the day, there was a lot of misconceptions, a lot of bad uh, salespeople representing the product, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of propaganda from the utility companies. So I think we're starting to get to the point where people realize that's a good thing. They just need to get educated.
Yeah, I think that's, it's awesome. It's awesome to understand the facets. I think people hear savings and that's the first thing they're paying attention to is, wait, what? You can, I, you can save me some money. I love it. That's awesome. And then, oh, by the way, you're helping the environment. Who doesn't want to do that? Hopefully most people want to do that. Talk about the difference between leasing and owning solar. And is there pros and cons people should consider? Yeah, so they're pretty similar in the sense that it's all solar. You know, some people get caught up with this, even my own sales guys. When I go and buy a new car from, say, it's a BMW dealership, the sales guy comes out, you know, hey, what are you looking for? Yada, yada, yada. I pick the car. Hey, I want this one. And then he's not like, hey, I know you should lease this or, hey, I know you want to buy this cash or, hey, I know it's a five year or whatever. You know, based on whatever is right for me, after I pick the product that I want, we figure out based on my financial situation, what makes the most sense? Do I want to lease it? Do I want to buy it? Do I want to do cash? But at the end of the day, I'm still getting the car that I want. It just depends on how I finance it. Kind of the same thing with solar. At the end of the day, you're still getting solar. It's still going to be good for the environment, save you money, give you fixed predictability, take control back from the utility company. It just all depends on the individual's financial situation. So really the two major ways to go solar is you can lease it or you can own it or finance it. And of course there's cash, which a small percentage of people, you know, have that type of money set aside, uh, but some people do it. Obviously it's going to get the best ROI. So leasing is great because it doesn't cost you anything out of pocket. Both programs don't cost you anything out of pocket. The solar company is responsible for installing it, maintaining it, repairing it, insuring it for 25 years. If anything happens to that thing for 25 years, homeowner doesn't have to spend anything out of pocket. The only thing that they'll ever pay is just a solar payment, which should be cheaper than what they're currently paying uh, with the utility company. I would say the biggest difference between the financing and the lease, what I recommend for homeowners is with the finance option, the ownership, I truly think it's a better value prop for the customer as long as they could take advantage of the tax credit. So right now, the government has a 30% tax credit. It was 26%. It was actually supposed to go away this year. And then uh, they went in there and extended it for another 10 years for 30%, which is awesome for the industry uh, to continue to help adoption of renewable energy and solar. So as long as homes can qualify for that tax credit, meaning they have enough taxable income, because it's usually pretty hefty rebates, you know, 10, 11, 15, $20,000, 30% of the total cost of the system, the ownership always makes more sense. Because as long as they could take advantage of that subsidy that the government's basically giving you for going solar and doing the right thing for the environment, they can either take that cash, $10,000, $12,000, and go buy a new car, go put it in the stock market, go to Cabo on vacation, or they can roll that back into the solar system to keep their payment super, super, super cheap. The only time I would usually recommend the lease option is if the homeowner can't take advantage of the tax credit because that lease already reflects uh, the pricing of that tax credit. So that would be mainly for maybe people that are retired, maybe people that don't have high taxability for whatever reason, then I would recommend the lease route. But they're honestly the same thing. They're usually 25 years. It's fixed predictability for both. Bumper to bumper warranties on all. It just really depends on the financing. You obviously own it at the 25 years and you can buy it out wherever you want, where the lease, the company still owns it. And you're simply just buying the energy from the roof at a set fixed rate for X amount of years. But biggest difference, if you get the tax credit, own it. If you can't lease it would be my advice. Yeah, no, that's great. You simplified the explanation of it and it it makes it really easy. To, to understand the difference between the two. And like you, as you shared that, 
I've done all of the different kind of options where I've leased, I have done a loan to pay payments and I've done all cash to not have payments. So it is very much situational depending on where you are at the time when solar comes along. Uh, so, and I can say that there are benefits to all of them. It just worked for, for the specific scenarios that I happen to be in with those, those properties. Um, so one of the questions I, I heard someone say uh, <clears throat> around solar is, okay, well, if everyone starts going solar, which is good for the environment, what about the energy companies that get impacted because their business model shifts and now they're they're still getting paid for using the grid per se. You still have to be connected. Uh, it's obviously not as much money as if they you were a client of theirs paying energy directly to them. So if we fast forward and the world just got on board and the majority of people were using solar, then would that put the energy companies in a position to do something, I don't know, crazy, because somehow they still need to make their money, you know, in this capitalistic society? What What is your prediction about solar in the future if you look five, 10 years down the road? It's a fair question. Um, it's a super fair question because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's business. You know, when a customer goes solar that was normally paying that Nevada Energy 200 bucks a month, now they go from a $200 a month customer for life to a $13 a month customer for life. And that's why there has been a little bit resistance. You know, I mentioned back in 2015, the utility lobbied some, you know, some lobbyists together and convinced the PUC to basically shut down solar. Uh, you know, for three years out here in Nevada and take away people's choice to have a second option uh, when it comes to the utility company. And thankfully, because there was so much consumer demand, they ended up getting those rules reversed and brought people back. But I mean, we're starting to see it happen. It's it's kind of a double edged sword, right? Because obviously the utility doesn't want to lose business. But on the flip side of that, they have a lot of pressure coming down from the powers that be to get more renewable. For example, here in Nevada, there's a renewable energy portfolio that basically says by 2030, half of Nevada energy's power needs to come from some type of renewable resource. That could be a river, geothermal, that could be wind, or obviously out here specifically, um, solar. Out in California, every new house that's being built in California as of two years ago has to have solar on it um, as default. So we're already starting to see these trends start to happen where, again, it's the inevitable. You can't stop a solution. Now, I think there's a couple things that the, the utility customer company can do. They could buy out a potential big player. They're like, like a Sunrun, like the company we're partnered with um, and buy them out and have that as an arm of their business. Again, adapt or die. Um, or they could just go extinct. You know, there's a lot of companies 10, 15, 20 years ago who, if we could have bet, would be around for the long haul, aren't here anymore because they were the dominant players in that space. I mentioned you know, Blockbuster, I mentioned some of these companies, but because of technology and innovation, if they didn't adapt and catch up and pivot, just like people in business, things are changing rapidly. You mentioned earlier, we're the information age. With all this artificial intelligence and everything, we're starting to see progress that took 5, 10, 15 years in the past start to happen in 5, 10, 15 days in the future. So I think anyone would be wise to be mindful and 
try to look into the future a little bit of some of these trends going on and making sure that you're either adapting um, and pivoting your business model to make sure you're ahead of it, or if not, you're going to get left in the dust. So I can see it going a bunch of different ways. I can see them starting to acquire big solar companies, add that part of their portfolio, or I could see them pivoting their business model um, or the government having to step in kind of like they're doing in California and pass some laws that give the utility companies some more skin in the game because solar is inevitable. Even in my position as a salesperson and running a sales company, we get paid very generously for doing this job. It's because there's so much confusion in the marketplace and because there's so much education that comes behind solar. For the next five to 10 to 15 years, a lot of innovation of the, a lot of the fusion of innovation, that bell curve, when it starts getting mass adoption, we become less valuable. You know, five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, cell phone salesmen used to crush it. Now they, they don't, you know, they're because they, they become less valuable. The prop, the project has become commoditized. So I could for sure see that happening in the future. I think we still have time in terms of the solar industry, but, uh, yeah, you can't stop a solution. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I totally thought of Blockbuster as you, as you were as you were talking. It's it's a totally true thing. You know, we we see that innovation is going to continue and that is always going to be the direction that we go, especially with the, you know, we've seen it with your your Facebook to your Tesla to, you know, all of the major players um that are out there. I don't think anybody who's listening is not using Amazon right now and making Jeff Bezos a pretty penny. I mean, you know, once you you get in front of things, you can capitalize on a tremendous market share that can be incredibly profitable. But, you know, with that, this makes me think of competition. So as a consumer of solar, I have probably used a different company every time. I think I've interacted with solar on like five different different occasions um and it was you know really just the, the value proposition at the time wherever wherever i was you know whoever kind of was in my ear most and things like that so as a consumer it's it's hard unless you develop like a loyalty like you know a lot of people are like i'm just a nike person or i'm just a um you know, this pizza place, Pizza Hut instead of Domino's. I mean, you people find the thing that works for them and sometimes they stick with it or they're kind of a consumer that goes, I'm open minded. I don't mind. Solar has been a popular space and I've seen so many different companies. How do you and in your industry um, stay apprised of competition and sort of just keep up with all the numbers of, of companies that emerge in this in this space that you're in? Yeah, so I, I think there's two ways I'll take this. I'll take this from like the um, product to consumer side, from like sales, sitting in a home with a homeowner, making sure we're competitive, giving them a good value. And then I'll take this from why should a salesperson come work with us instead of the other thousand solar companies that just got created a year ago? Um, because you're right, you know, it's especially out here in Vegas, California, West Coast states, um, people are starting to see how lucrative the solar industry is. And again, it's a it's an industry where you can have a lot of integrity with if you choose to. There's people that don't have a lot of integrity, but it's easy to because it really is a good win win for the customer. You can go to bed sleeping at night knowing that, hey, you're really, truly doing a service for the customer. And as long as you educated them and were ethical, there's no there's not really any real reason why they would have a bad experience with solar. 
Um, but in terms of us, so what I recommend for homeowners out there is make sure you pick a big company because of the boom when it comes to solar. There's a lot of smaller companies that are kind of fly by night and they're just looking to try and take advantage of the trend while it's there. But the issue is when you go solar with a company, you want to make sure these agreements are pretty long. They're 15, 20, 25 years. I'm sure both years were 25 year agreements. That's a pretty long time. You know, when I was 22 years old, 21 years old, like I was like, man, I'm getting this homeowner that I just met yesterday to go sign a 25 year agreement with me. Like that's pretty cut. It's pretty cool. You know, so they're, they're long agreements. You just want to make sure the company you're going with is going to be here long enough in order to service that system, five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. <laughs> As great as solar is, it's a hard industry. It's challenging. There's a lot of hoops. You're dealing with government. You're dealing with the utility. You're dealing with the state, the HOA, the city permit. It's a construction project. Um, and it's difficult and it's challenging. And uh, we've seen it a lot with interest rates going up. There's been a lot of companies going out of business. So how do we stay competitive? One, we're partnered with the largest installer in the country. So we know that they're going to be able to deal with any headwinds that the industry faces and are going to be around long enough. We're going to have the conviction to sit in a home and be like, hey, Mr. Customer, you are good for the next 25 years because X, Y and Z, this customer should be able to take care of you. So I would say from a customer standpoint, our um, our uh, relationships and our partnerships is really what separates us in terms of giving them a really good value prop in terms of, you know, good deal savings, good customer experience, but ultimately giving them the security that one, I'm not just trying to do this for the next three, four, five months. Like this is a career for me. So I'm here to make sure that you're taken care of and our company's here to make sure you're taken care of for the long haul. That's number one. From the sales rep standpoint, because uh, this is what I normally do with the day-to-day. -day. I'm not on the field as much anymore. I'm mainly trying to grow the business, grow the organization, bring in talent, help train, lead, coach, mentor salespeople in order to help them become better. I have a philosophy, don't just help people with their job, help people with their life. Because as you help them improve their life, everything else around them increases as well. So I would say for us, it's our culture and it's our focus on personal development and personal growth. I know this is a, you know, break your limiting belief mindset. So we'll touch on this a little bit because this is what fires me up. Um, I think that solar direct sales door to door is not just a solar company. It's a personal development company with a compensation plan attached. Your ability to grow as an individual in our organization and we coach you, we give you the support, we give you the mentorship, we teach you about financial literacy. We'll pair you up with someone making high six figure income in order to teach you the habits, rituals and techniques and philosophies that it took him in order to get there. So I feel like our culture and our focus on just personal development and not just sales development, I think is really what has set us apart and has allowed us to scale at such a rapid rate and has allowed us to sustain so many people. Um, in my industry, door-to-door, -door, as you can imagine, has a very high attrition rate. Every 10 people that come in, five people are here two, three, four, five months from now because it's hard, it's difficult, it's 100% commission. So our ability to make sure that person has a really good experience, not just with solar, but add value, true significant value to their life by helping them become better husbands, better sales leaders, better uh, communicators, that's the stuff that will help them deal with the solar coaster of ups and downs and 100% commission, because now they're just not making money. They're actually creating depth in their life. And that is a lot more stickier than just the paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about longevity. And I think that, you know, when people are looking to grow and they have that open-mindedness, it, it is really alignment with the right culture 
that will keep you somewhere. You know, I, I'm in the space of personal development because I am um, an executive coach, a transformational coach. And so I work with organizations every day on how do they deal with things like retention and turnover and you know, when the chips are down, is this a place that rises to the occasion and stays for the long haul because they enjoy genuinely the people and what they're getting, not just in a paycheck, but as a human being. And so I think you're you're touching on something so important as far as what kind of things people should look for, you know, when they're wanting to work at a place it's more than just, you know, I do believe that there's a difference between a job and a career. You know, a job is a place where you look at the clock and you're just waiting for each hour to go by. And a career is something that is fulfilling and you don't need to, if anything, you're, you know, wishing that there was more time in the day to do all the things that you want to do because you actually are energized by what you're doing and what you're doing it for. So I, I'm glad that you touched on, you know, both just like as the individual person working um, somewhere, believing in what you do, but then also, you know, what the benefits are of the people like myself in this case, receiving, you know, are the recipients of of the of a service or, or of a product. So I think that's that's so amazing. But I want to um, transition into a couple of questions that kind of just come back to you personally. I always think that one of the most fascinating parts of doing podcasting um, is learning about people um, on more of an individual level, because I think any listener is going to get attached to, to maybe something that they resonate with. Um, I understand that you have started a show recently, and I want to know what the genesis of that was and what your goal is behind doing that. Yeah, so I have just started a show, so I'm following your footsteps a little bit, Des. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. So the premise, for a really long time, I kind of put the social media online world on the back burner. I was always the type of dude that it's like, hey, let me go crush it in my real life and not just be, you know, a lot of these gurus that we find all over the internet or trying to sell, you know, services or products when they haven't actually, like, constructed something themselves. So I was didn't want to be that guy. I was like, let me focus on my solar business and my career. Let me crush it. And then, you know, naturally good things will happen. But then I quickly realized, I was like, hey, you know, we live in a world that social influencers want to be millionaires and multimillionaires and multimillionaires want to be social influencers. And it's almost kind of like this backwards equation of you could have a bunch of monetary wealth, but if you don't have the social media presence, people don't know you your ability to go reach and impact people is limited based on how people perceive you, regardless about how you're actually, you know, doing in your real life. So I made the decision about a year ago. I was like, all right, I got to figure out this online thing. So, you know, I hired a little camera crew and, you know, my whole social media team and stuff like that. Thankfully, I'm in a position where I can outsource all that. I'm a firm believer that you should focus on your uh, primary source of income and not diversify until that source of income is overflowing so much. And then you could diversify, right? Average millionaire has seven sources of income. They had one really good income first, one really good business opportunity, whatever. And then they um, diversify, not the other way around. So I'm in a spot where I was able to just leverage that. And yeah, I, was, I started just doing the whole social media, talking in front of the camera. 
my end game is speaking. That's something that I'm really passionate about. I love speaking in front of people. Thankfully, I get to do it, you know, on a small spectrum from a sales aspect. But yeah, I don't know. The Ed Milets, the Tony Robbins, like these are the people that inspire me and that changed my life when I was younger. Just the wisdom, the psychology, the philosophies, uh, shifting my paradigm. So for me, I feel almost indebted to do that same. Plus, I just there's no other dopamine rush that I get from speaking in front of 100, 200, 300, 1,000 people. It's just something I'm super passionate about. And I knew if I needed, I wanted to get there long term, I was going to have to build my personal brand up on the way there. So I figured, hey, let me start with these videos. Videos were cool, but it wasn't something that I was actually passionate about. It was kind of like what you just said. It was turning into a job of me just sitting in front of a camera and just speaking nuggets that I think were valuable and other people were. So I was like, okay, well, how do I create a win-win? So I was like, oh, a podcast. You know, podcasts are cool. I enjoy it. It's more than just speaking in a camera. You're able to leverage the networking aspect like we were talking about. If most of your viewers on this call right now tried to go hit up someone super successful, especially if they don't have much value to give themselves from a monetary standpoint, they're probably either going to not get a hold of that person or they're going to charge them, you know, 20 grand for an hour consultation or something crazy. But if they have a somewhat valuable podcast with a decent viewing, they now have leverage to reach out to that person and invite them on their show. And chances are that person's going to want to do it because now they're creating value in a win-win. They're able to leverage both their audiences. And for some reason, people just love podcasts and talking for an hour. You know, you didn't, we didn't know each other, but I was like, podcast, sick. She's legit. Like, let's do it. You know, no questions asked. So I feel like that networking aspect, it doesn't matter how big you're trying to scale it or uh, really what your end game is it with it. I think just having a podcast to leverage for networking. Plus, it, again, it increases your communication ability. You're getting better at holding space with other people. I think there's just so many benefits to it. And as a byproduct, I'm able to make really good content from my hour conversation with people, clip it up and get that same benefit of talking in front of the camera, but a more natural conversation. So long story short, I realized online is important. Again, we talked about trends. That's where the future is going. Do you think Instagram's gonna get smaller or bigger? YouTube smaller or bigger? Bigger, of course. TikTok smaller or bigger? So I think it's important to start positioning yourself regardless of what your end game is it. Uh, is with it, even if you're not going to be a social media influencer, to maximize some of the benefits that come with it. The one thing that I wish that was on the platform we're recording right now was emojis. I would have been doing all kinds of hearts and smiley faces and little fires while you were talking because everything you're saying, I can completely resonate with. I think our journeys in a self-development perspective is, is very similar in terms of being ambitious and interested and having a positive impact on as many people as possible. And this happens to be a platform where it's relatively easy to do that and in a very meaningful way because it's all in the spirit of learning. And what I love about podcasts is that for the most part, until you start getting to maybe the uh, plus subscriptions, uh, Patreon memberships, things of that nature, they're free. So an incredible wealth of information. You know, you mentioned a couple names that I listened to myself, like Tony Robbins and Ed Milet. You're talking about people that if you try to go buy a ticket <laughs> to any of their conventions or speaker speeches, it would you'd need to save up some money in order to do that because it's probably going to cost you a couple thousand dollars. Um, it's free right now, today, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to Tony Robbins or Ed Milet for free. 
which is and I think valuable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just on that. And I think that actually is a, is a challenge for a lot of people, because from what I've realized is like people don't value things that are free. If they're not investing money, time and energy into it, chances are they're not going to have the same edification around it and maybe take what they should have from it because of there's no skin in the game. And I think that's why there's a challenge right now with all this free social media content um, where a lot of people are either information overloading or they're not actually applying the things that they're learning. You know, I'm sure me and you both know people who are like conference junkies, like they're at every single conference. Every time I see them, you know, year after year after year, they're investing, they're going. And then when I see these people, too, oh, how are things going? How the business? Oh, yeah. You know, it's about the same. It's like, bro, you've been to four of these. Like, when are you actually going to apply? When are you actually going to internalize the information? And I think it's the same with a lot of this free information. People don't realize how much access they have to wealthy, successful, affluent, healthy people that they can apply in their life because they're not having any skin in the game and therefore they're not valuing it as much. I agree. I totally agree. People underestimate the power of the and the quality of things that are out there. You know, I spend so I spend the majority of my time when I'm not on doing something like this with my clients doing podcasting, connecting with people, networking, listening to audiobooks and podcasts of people that can influence me in some kind of positive way, going to better me. And it's, it's amazing how little it costs when you, when you tap into some of these resources. Uh, I mentioned to you when we initially connected that this show is about overcoming self-limiting beliefs to be able to pursue the things that you really want in life. I want to know a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome. Yeah, too many, to be honest. Um, (laughs) It's it's funny. I, I think it's not a coincidence that as my journey has evolved, my life, my journey of success, not to success, of success, that I was naturally attracted to the sales, communication, public speaking, like this whole arena, because growing up, I was extremely introvert. I am actually still introvert. Like I have to put energy into not being introvert. Um, But I was extremely introvert, extremely shy, walk into a room. You know, what do all these people think about me? Super, you know, self-conscious up until really college. That was a limiting belief of mine. Um, and I think that's just because of how I was raised and my family and, you know, the traumas that we all go through, right? All the challenges and, you know, they manifest in different ways. So I think when I got into college, I came to this almost kind of like crossroad in my life where I was either going to let my old life dictate my new life or I was going to create a new identity, create a new story, shift, use all the challenges and limiting beliefs and all the things that held me back as I was younger. and lean into them and attack them. And I think anyone, I think Ed Milet talks about this. I think anyone who you look at right now, who's like super successful, or you're like, man, this dude's a great communicator. He's a great speaker, or he's a really good leader. Chances are they probably weren't at one time. So they have to double down and put extreme energy into it in order to get good at it. You know, when you're talented, sure, there's people that are successful when you're naturally gifted or talented, but chances are they're not putting the same level of intention and energy to remove some of those limiting beliefs, to plant new, you know, trees and new, uh, new, new thoughts and new programs of abundance and inspiration and confidence and, you know, trust and faith, because 
they're not having to overcompensate for as much as the person that didn't have many of those things. So I would say the reason I am the person I am today and continuing to grow is because I didn't allow those limiting beliefs that were programmed into me from an early age that weren't even mine. That was from my environment and through, you know, parents and teachers and everyone around me, old friends on, oh yeah, you know, my mom saying, oh yeah, he's just a shy guy. You know, he's just a shy kid for a little. And then that continues to, you know, stick in your mind until you actually are like, yo, this thing's not even mine. Get this out of here. And yeah. uh, I think people go through their life not realizing that a lot of their thoughts, beliefs, values and concepts were implanted them from an early age that they had no control over. And if they're not aware of that, to shift that, uh, that's when you start going through life unconsciously, not realizing why you're getting lack of results. And I think that's the beautiful thing about your industry, right? Coaching, it puts awareness on some of these patterns and some of these thoughts that aren't conducive to your life and allows you to start maybe not, maybe not, you know, in a week or a month, but at least start to take the picket to them and break them down and start to remove them and install new beliefs that are actually conducive to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, it's huge. If you don't like the story, you change it, right? You have you have the power to do that. And we underestimate sometimes that power. I just love that so much. Steve, if there was the last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening, what would that be? Trust the process. Trust the process. I feel like most people, it's not because they're not worthy. It's not because they're not good enough or they're not a good enough speaker or it's not where their family's from or how much money their mom had or what trauma happened to them when they were little. That's not the reason they're not winning at life. The reason is because they're not willing to put themselves in a vulnerable, scary, unknown situation long enough to see what they're made of and have those breakthroughs in order to accomplish the thing that they're wanting to. If I would have allowed fear to hold me back for a lot of these big decisions that I needed to make in my life, moving out of state with no money in my bank account to the scary new solar market, you know, living and being responsible for these people, um, making certain decisions to join network marketing, even though I thought my friends were going to make fun of me and I didn't think I was good enough. Dropping out of college, even though everyone told me not to and it was the wrong move and I'm never going to amount to anything because college is the only way to do it. Trusting yourself and trusting the process when you know truly in your heart and your intuition what you should be doing, but being okay to allow it to sting and burn a little bit and be a little vulnerable because that's the only way that you start creating these notches in yourself and you start gaining confidence and trust in your own ability to make good decisions and just doing the thing that you know you should be doing regardless if you know how the outcome's going to turn out. I would say that would be it. Oh, trust the process. So good. So good. Very important question. Where can people find you? How would they connect, whether it's solar related or they just really felt your vibe today, your energy, your positivity, that self-development mindset? Where would they go to do that? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I'm on every platform. The one I'm most on is probably Instagram. So it's at Stephen Cohen, S-T-E-V-E-N-C-O-H-E-N. You can find the podcast Millennial Millionaire on there, or you could go on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Just type in Stephen Cohen, Millennial Millionaire, and uh, I'll be there. I'd love to connect. You're such a badass. I just have to end on that Thanks. note. I just, you know, I... 
I learned of you and then being able to have your presence. I, I just want to emphasize so much to, to those listening, uh, the energy that you hold around you is so paramount. So the choices that you make, even like this, in less than an hour, being able to connect with someone, when you choose the right people, you will get fueled up. There are people that you put yourself around that fill up your cup, and there's people that can deplete it very quickly. And so I just love what you're doing. I'm, I'm thrilled that you've started a podcast because the information that you have and the way that you look at the world and do things is going to inspire so many people. So I'm just excited to be able to follow your journey. And I'm grateful that you came on the show today. I appreciate it. Grateful to have the opportunity to talk to the viewers. Awesome. Thank you. We'll definitely be in touch. Millennial millionaire. That is certainly an eye catcher, an ear catcher. What a name for a podcast. What an incredibly smart gentleman, Steve Cohen. Wow. Wow. Knows about business, leadership, solar, all these wonderful things that I hope inspired you today. I believe in the power of manifestation, energy, and you know, speaking of the great Tony Robbins, which we mentioned today, and how he talks about how, you know, your focus goes where energy flows. So if you continue to focus on the negative things, that is what you'll get more back. And same thing in the opposite direction. You want more positivity, you want abundance, you want success, then focus on those things that are gonna get you there. And that is certainly what, what Steve has done. Tremendous success in a short period of time, going on eight years in this industry uh, and has, has just crushed it. Crushed it. And that is absolutely because of his attitude, his perseverance, his resilience, his tenacity. Uh, you know, dropping out of high school. I'm sorry, dropping out of college. Uh, you know, he talked about that. And yeah, that is something that could be shunned. That is something that, that could people can judge. And some of the greatest people that we know today have done similar things, right? So you can be your own trendsetter. And please don't mistake anything that I'm saying uh, that, that I'm knocking education in any way. I am a product of someone who has completed higher education and those things, but I also am a big believer in following your dreams. And if uh, finishing a college degree isn't written in those stars for you, there is nothing wrong with that. Everyone has a different path. And do not shy away from that. My motto is to be unapologetically you because I do believe that the greatest power and the greatest accomplishments come from being exactly who you are. So hopefully you got that from Steve's energy today and that's inspiration for you to pursue whatever that is regardless of what anybody in your life thinks. Okay, so remember that you truly are your only limit. So take action today. Be sure, be sure to tune in. I don't know what is going on with me today. <laughs> I'm like stumbling all over my words. Um, 
but be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast because the inspiration will continue to come. And I'm excited as we head into spring because I'm a little bit over the cold weather. And then I know in a month or two from now, I'll be complaining about the hot weather. But (laughs) for the time being, I am looking forward to uh, a little bit more sun and a little less cold here in the Nevada, Las Vegas desert. So with that, I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.